Texas, kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> Finally, a judge stands up for what is right and just. And letters to God. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hey. <laughs> Happy Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning. Yes, we have a new set piece. Check it out. You like that? I loves it. It is a brilliant lithograph of an old American flag. And man, I'll tell you, that's perfect. I searched forever for just the right piece to get for my background. And there you go. Man, I love it. It looks great. I hope you like it. Just a little, just a little extra. I kind of felt that background was a little empty, so we wanted to stick something up there important. Doesn't get any more important than that. We got so much going on tonight. Lots happening here on the show, and uh, we will be covering a whole bunch of stuff. But first of all, we just want to take a short minute here, if you just uh, give us a 60 seconds or so to tell you about one of our sponsors, and that's the amazing Blackout Coffee. Where is Blackout Coffee? There they are. Be awake, not woke. Folks, I drink a ton of coffee, and I cannot. It's not because they sponsored the show. I tried this before I took them on as a sponsor, and I said, Absolutely. Bring them on. This is an amazing coffee. And they were founded, this company, on the principles of conservative values, family, respect, hard work, personal responsibility, good American values is what this company is all about. And as I says, they make an amazing cup of coffee. They work with local co-ops and American farmers to grow these beans, and then they have a small batch process. That means your beans are not thrown in with 8 billion other people. Roasted sits on a shelf for a month, two months, six months. When you place your order, they roast your beans usually within 24 to 48 hours and then ship them out to you. Another few days for shipping to get to your house, and that is fresh roasted coffee. If you've never tried fresh beans, fresh roasted beans, you will notice the difference right away. I drink a ton of coffee from morning when I first get up and right through this show. And yet because where I live, it's 10 o'clock at night. Uh, but anyway, it's 10 o'clock in the morning where you are at least on the East Coast. This is the coffee you should be drinking, Blackout Coffee. And if you use our promo code at checkout, there is a link for Blackout. It's the first link at the top of the show notes. Use our promo code J20, J-A-Y-20 at checkout, and you will get yourself 20% off your first order. Just buy a single bag if you want. You don't have to spend a fortune. It's not expensive. They've got hot cocos there, flavored cocos, and also teas, but... The coffee is amazing, too, and you got to try it. That's a 20% discount with the promo code J20 at checkout. J-A-Y-20 will get you that discount. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. As we say, our headline tonight, Texas is doing it right. Man, are they ever. Oh, by the way, this just broke literally 20 minutes ago. Boris Johnson 
This has nothing to do with our headline, but I had to bring this to you and get you updated. It's been confirmed. Boris Johnson is suggesting he saw COVID as, and this is a quote, nature's way of dealing with old people. And he was obsessed with them accepting their fate. The inquiry into the pandemic has heard this. It's Boris Johnson. Happy about that? You shouldn't be. You should be screaming bloody freaking murder about that. It killed our family, our friends, our relatives, our grandmothers, our grandfathers. They're continuing. I just saw an article about young people getting these turbo cancers. Highly aggressive, unusual cancers that they shouldn't have. It's happening a lot. All right, let's move off that. Just wanted to make a point about it and get that note out there about that idiot Boris Johnson. Police in Texas. Now, the border problem. Obviously, it's an open border. We talk about it all the time on this show. We talk about all the terrorists that are coming in unvetted, unchecked, welcomed into the country, headed out to all the different major cities around the planet. I saw a post today on X where they were taking, uh, interviewing uh, people coming across the border. Where are you from? Syria. Where are you from? Uh, you know, uh, and... Uh, it's happening hour by hour, day by day. The Border Patrol technically is the only one who can arrest people, detain people for coming into the country illegally. The police in Texas, the towns right on the border, have absolutely no police powers at all to arrest these people. Well, guess what? That's about to change. I am loving this Texas Gov uh, Governor Greg Abbott. Police in Texas could arrest migrants under a new bill, and that bill is moving closer and closer to getting approved by the governor. They're moving towards giving the Texas police, you know, state police, local police, broad new authority to arrest migrants who cross the U.S.-Mexico border. Man, what a good idea that is. Arrest them, throw them in jail, and ship them back. Wow. It's a, a bill in the State House, which was advanced on last Thursday, and it puts Republican Governor Greg Abbott on the path towards a potential new confrontation with the Biden administration, of course, because all the Biden administration wants to do is just open the border and let them all in. Tempers flared over the proposal at the Texas Capitol. Hispanic Democrat lawmakers led uh, hours of emotional protests about race, the legality of the plan before House Republicans just said and passed the bill. Party line vote happened before sunrise. Similar proposal already cleared the Senate, meaning Republicans just now have to agree on a version, and then they send it to Abbott's desk. And given Abbott's past history, 
He will sign that sucker in a minute. Ha! Our cries for help. This is Republican Senator uh, Representative David Spiller from Texas. Our cries for help in the enforcement of existing federal immigration laws have largely been ignored by President Biden, and we've had enough. He is the author of the House bill. Two years into Texas pushing the boundaries of immigration enforcement, busing immigrants out of the state, of course, string razor wire along the border, installing water barriers in the Rio Grande, new plans to let police arrest migrants and order them to leave the country, setting up another test. Now, likely this is going to face a court challenge. Opponents say handling all of Texas law enforcement such power would risk inadvertent arrests of U.S. citizens. Oh, please. They are really stretching for it. Put families of mixed immigration status in danger. Ooh. Make crime victims fearful of going to the police for help. I would think it'd be exactly the opposite of that. <laughs> Representative Armando Wall says, y'all don't understand the expletive you do to hurt our community. It hurts us personally. Texas has arrested thousands, thousands of migrants along the U.S.-Mexico border. Criminal trespassing charges, mostly. That's a law they can enforce. But just the fact that they are crossing the border illegally and, and entering the country, local and state Texas law enforcement has no powers at all. They likely will. I can't wait. So who's next after Texas folks there along the border states? Hmm? Get your ass in gear. You're getting shown up. Of course, they probably, and I don't know, uh, I'm not that politically savvy that I can tell you who, like uh, Arizona, New Mexico, California as well, and we know California's idiot governor, <clears throat> when he's not in China, sucking up to the Chinese Communist Party. But uh, if it's not run by Democrats, I think they likely are. Anyway, at least Arizona, maybe. Get your ass in gear. Start enacting this kind of legislation. Give your local law enforcement powers to do something since the federal government ain't doing crap nor do they want to. It's a plan. All those voters coming across the border. All right. I wasn't going to do much to cover the Israel-Hamas-Palestine story. However, this article popped up. This is a quote from the leader of Hamas, who, by the way, lives on about $4 billion in luxury mansions. This is a quote from the Hamas leader. Links in our show notes. Women, children, elderly, 
must die in Gaza to help our fight against Israel. There is the animal. I really shouldn't call him an animal because animals are pretty decent things. Beast, monster. He called for Palestine's civilians to die in Israel's strikes against Hamas terrorists inside of Gaza. Hamas committing war crimes using civilians as human shields, lying about events that have gone on in the three-week-old war, including false claims, of course, that Israel bombed a hospital, totally untrue. It was their own rocket, and it was a parking lot next to a hospital. But the media ran with the story because it makes good clickbait headlines, and you all gobbled it up. <laughs> Middle East Research, Media Research Institute captured remarks from uh, Hanieh made during an address on Thursday in which he falsely claimed Israel was committing a new holocaust. Oh, please, you have the balls to use that word? Not that I should be surprised. Against the Palestinians, Palestinians inside of Gaza. I, this, this quote from him. I call on everybody, all the free people of the world, all the friendly countries, all the brotherly Arab countries, and all the allies to exert all the necessary pressure in all directions and in all forums in order to end the aggression against Gaza, to stop this war against our children, women, and elderly, our mosques, universities, and homes. This brutal aggression must stop. This new holocaust must stop. Here's an idea. Maybe if October 7th, you terrorist bastards hadn't swung in motorized paragliders in and massacred all those people, you wouldn't be in this situation right now, would you? No. Thank you. Case closed. He's actually calling on women, children, and the elderly to die to help fight. Can you say human shield much? Absolutely frightening. And we're skipping around, bouncing back and forth. We just talked about the border, then uh, Middle East conflict, and we're headed back to the border now because it kind of relates to the Middle East conflict. Dozens, dozens of Iranians and Syrians have crossed the U.S.-Mexico border as war escalates in the Middle East just the past month 50 Iranians and 100 Syrians have reportedly been apprehended at the border. Worst part, according to a source, the Border Patrol is having little to no advanced intelligence warnings. 
They said, quote, we're receiving no advanced warning of the arrival of special interest migrants from the region with any specificity. We're left to sort through the grab bag of immigrants in small and large groups to figure out who's in the group and why they're coming. You've seen it before. Every day there's more and more and more posts like this, but here you go. Rosales. In Honduras? Guatemala, Honduras? Guatemala. Venezuela? Venezuela. And you can be sure mixed in there. Some people we, well, none of these people should be allowed access to the country. But I will guarantee you mixed in there, there are people who not only shouldn't be allowed in the country, but mean us harm in the worst way possible. And they just close an eye and let them in. And they're still coming in. Things may be about to change. I have a feeling. Look, I'm not a QAnon fan. I find it interesting to read. And yeah, I know it seems like Q has long gone. But there are posts and things that Q made, which even to this day, people are saying... This is kind of coming true. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of Q. I follow what goes on because I find it fascinating. It really is. If you keep an open mind, it's fascinating. This photo op slash reporters yelling question bit the calm before the storm? The reporter says, What storm, Mr. President? Listen to what Mr. It's kind of hard to hear. The audio is not great. I cleaned it up as best I could. Take a listen at the reply. You guys know what this represents? What? Tell us, sir. Maybe it's the calm before the storm. What's the storm? Could be the calm, the calm before the storm. <laughs> We have the world's great military people in this room, I will tell you that. And uh, we're going to have a great evening. Thank you all for coming. What storm, Mr. President? You'll find out. You'll find out. The number 17, anybody? <laughs> like I said, not a fan of the Q. Follow it because it's interesting. Sometimes it makes you go, hmm. But that was an interesting comment. What's sto the storm is coming. And when asked what storm, he said, you'll find out. <laughs> uh, we can only hope, huh? All right. Judges, you see stories every day about these idiot judges, these Soros-backed moron Democrat commie bastards who are the judges 
and the DAs with these ridiculous, useless cases, unfounded cases against Trump. Sadly, we don't have another any judges like this one. I'll show you a video in a minute, which we really need. This is, I watched this three times. It is the best. It is so cool. You've got to see what happens here. Hang on. Let me just, it's a split screen. See, what happens is when you go, to, hold on. When you go to what's called first appearance, after you've been arrested, you get taken to jail. Jail is a pre-trial detention. You haven't been convicted yet, but obviously you have been arrested, so you are in jail. And then you get a first appearance. That is your literally first appearance before a judge who sets bail or decides there will be no bail. He decides what to do with you until your trial. Basically how the system works. Now, way before COVID, back when I was in law enforcement in the Florida Keys, back in the, uh, what, late 80s, early 90s? 90s, I think. Anyway, we did our first appearances in the jail via a remote camera with the judge. We would bring all the arrestees in, the people who were accused of crimes, and they would appear before the judge. The judge had all the paperwork in his location, and he'd be on camera, and we had a camera uh, which would show just like this. It looked just like this. Listen, <laughs> this is so great. Listen to this judge who is not putting up with any of this crap we hear way too often these days. Let me play. Being killed don't by police. Hand, don't hand me running, that. Don't hand me that. Him running from uh, shots don't, being don't fired even go is down a very that road. reasonable I'm not going to let you go down that road. That is so off base. We've got a young man. I don't care what color he is. He's in a neighborhood he doesn't live in at 1.41 in the morning, hiding on someone under somebody's dock in the water with a holster on after a police officer had a shot taken at him. Don't hand me this. He's a black man uh, running from police brutality. Look, that is not appropriate in this case. That's not there. I'm not going to let you poison this case with bringing in something that has nothing to do with it. Your bond's $100,000 on count three and a hundred thousand dollars on count four black men yes 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 there you go ha that's the kind of judge we need these days i'm telling you i wish i, I there's no credits i don't it says judge burley i think i don't know where this came from I wish because I would hat tip this judge all day long. Where can we find more judges like this? Good news for a change, huh? Brownstone Institute's got an article. We stuck it in our show notes. I want to mention that to you because it could potentially develop into a very big news story if the media will cover it. Hint, they won't. The FDA's ties to the Gates Foundation. Mm-hmm. 
I'm quite sure none of that surprises you. In 2017, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, entered into a Memorandum of Understanding, MOU, with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Under this MOU, the two entities agreed to share information to facilitate the development of innovative products, including medical countermeasures, such as diagnostics, vaccines, therapeutics, to combat, uh, combat disease transmission during a pandemic. 2017. Now, the FDA makes MOUs with all kinds of organizations, academic, nonprofit groups, but very few have as much to gain as Bill Gates does. He invested billions into pandemic countermeasures. Did he know something? Experts concerned the Gates Foundation could have undue influence over the FDA's regulations. Hmm, you think? An ex-senior advisor to the FDA, David Gortler, 2019 to 2021, says he is suspicious of the MOU, as well we all should be. Quote, if the Gates Foundation establishes an MOU with a regulator on a product they want to develop, it would seem like the perfect definition of a conflict of interest. What if every other drug company did exactly the same thing? That is what the Gates Foundation is doing. Good old Bill and Melinda Gates. Cha-ching! Unbelievable. Read this article. It's in our show notes. It's an eye-opener. And they've known. Not only have they known, but then begs the question, planned it? Made sure it happened? I'd like to think not. But, it's an interesting question. Will we ever get the answer to it? Kind of doubt it. Dom Lucra, and I think that's how he says his name. I don't know. I follow him over on X. It's at Dom underscore Lucra, L-U-C-R-E. He's a rabble rouser. He's a troublemaker, and I love him. He put this post up and wrote, these BLM thugs have really gone too far. Black Lives Matter violently attacked a group of white conservatives. Kind of. Take a look at this video. During a Black Lives Matter protest in Dallas, a counter-protest started. 
and feel this way without trying to change it. You got the Black Lives Matter and stuff. We all matter, hell. Representative from each group met in the middle and the protesters decided to cross the street and join forces. Look at that. Huh, you hear that? It's time for us to stop this today. No more walls. Today, we're going to show the rest of the country how we came together. Everybody get it in here, man. Everybody get it in. Everybody get it in. Everybody, Everybody get it in. Everybody get it in. And I, I thank you so much, as I am so humble, that you allowed us to come a long time ago. And that today, I pray again, thank you so much. I pray that everybody makes it. Amen. 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 Now, much as I can't stand BLM, communist, Marxist, idiots, troublemakers, the leadership of which, you know, build large mansions, have done virtually nothing for the real black community. But this case, where these two opposing white conservatives BLM faction together join forces that's how change is also going to happen remember I always say one bite at a time how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time small bites how do you make real change instead of fighting each other you get together and you fight against who and what the real problem is doing their best in everything they do to try and divide us, try and pit us against each other. And we've got to stand up and say, not today. Not today. One more, then we'll move on to our book. A teacher gave her young students, I don't know the age, I'm guessing probably seven, eight, nine, something like that, uh, gave her students a an assignment to write a letter to God, whatever God you believe in. The results, <laughs> the results were both funny and inspiring. Take a look, dear God. Did you mean for giraffes to look like that? Or was it an accident? Norma. I love that one. Dear God, if you give me a genie lamp like Aladdin, I will give you anything you want except my money or my chess set. Signed, Raphael. <laughs> Dear God, I'll bet it is very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I never can do it. 
Nan. And finally, dear God, how come you didn't invent any new animals lately? We still just have all the old ones. From Johnny. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, the link to the uh, X post is in our show notes. It's a classic. It really is. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> wow. Hope you enjoyed that. I did. Letters to God. Okay. You ready? We, uh, as we say all the time, we read books on this show. It's uh, part of my quest to get you to get your kids to read. You should read yourself. Pick up a book. But getting your kids to read, inspiring them to read by getting a book in their hands, reading to them. Studies and science has shown that even when they're read to, what happens in your brain is the same functions and synopsis firing off that happens when they read their own book. So nothing wrong with you reading to them. We did classic children's literature here in the beginning. We did uh, Jungle Book, Winnie the Pooh, uh, Wizard of Oz, Little Prince, so many great books, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, one of our viewers slash listeners from either the podcast or this live stream, I forget which, suggested that we do um, that we do George Orwell because of the nature of this show. We did. We read 1984, and then we followed that up by reading Animal Farm. So we're kind of leaking our way back to uh, classic literature, kind of a children's book, not that young children's, though, more of a teenage book. It actually got banned at one point in some countries, strangely enough. But it is called Lord of the Flies. It was first published back in 1954, by, written by William Golding. We are about three or four chapters away from the end. So we're getting there. And I'm seriously considering Treasure Island, an all-time classic, as our next book. Besides... It'll give me a chance to go, Arr, matey. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Okay, so just a couple of housekeeping notes. First of all, please, if you haven't signed up for a Rumble account, do that. It's free. It's easy. takes no time at all. And that lets you not only put stuff in our live chat, make comments, but also click that follow button over here and follow the show. You'll get notified when we're live. We don't spam your inbox. And just hit that follow button, you're good to go. And join us over on Locals. You can subscribe over there. Costs a little bit, but it's basically the same amount as like buying me a cup of coffee every month. You wouldn't mind doing that, would you? Locals, there's a red button down there. You can also hit that and join us over on Locals. See some goofy behind-the-scenes stuff that I post for subscribers only over there. All right, so let's get on with it. We're at Chapter 9, which is called A View to a Death. Over the island, the buildup of clouds continued. A steady current of heated air rose all day from the mountain and was thrust to 10,000 feet. Revolving masses of gas piled up the static until the air was ready to explode. By early evening, the sun had gone. A brassy glare had taken the place of clear daylight. Even the air that pushed in from the sea was hot, held no refreshment. 
colors drained from water, trees, the pink surfaces of rock, and the white and brown clouds brooded. Nothing prospered but the flies, who blackened their lord and made the spilt guts look like a heap of glistening coal. Even when the vessel broke in Simon's nose and the blood gushed out, they left him alone, preferring the pig's high flavor. With the running of the blood, Simon Fit passed into the weariness of sleep. He lay in the mat of creepers while the evening advanced and the cannon continued to play. At last he woke and saw dimly the dark earth close by his cheek. Still, he did not move, but lay there, his face sideways on the earth, his eyes looking dully before him. And then he turned over, drew his feet under him, laid hold of the creepers to pull himself up. When the creepers shook, the flies exploded from the guts with a vicious note clamped back on again. Simon got to his feet. The light was unearthly. The Lord of the Flies hung on his stick like a black ball. Simon spoke aloud to the clearing. What else is there to do? Nothing replied. Simon turned away from the open space, crawled through the creepers until he was in the dusk of the forest. He walked drearily between the trunks, his face empty of expression, and the blood was dry around his mouth and chin. Only sometimes, as he lifted the ropes of creeper aside and chose his direction from the trend of the land, he mouthed words that didn't reach the air. Presently, the creepers festooned the trees less frequently, and there was a scatter of pearly light from the sky down through the trees. This was the backbone of the island, the slightly higher land that lay beneath the mountain where the forest was no longer deep jungle. Here there were wide spaces, interspersed with thickets, huge trees, and the trend of the ground led him up as the forest opened. He pushed on, staggering sometimes with his weariness, but never stopping. The usual brightness was gone from his eyes, and he walked with a sort of glum determination, like an old man. A buffet of wind made him stagger, and he saw that he was out in the open, on rock, under a brassy sky. He found his legs were weak, and his tongue gave him pain all the time. When the wind reached the mountaintop, he could see something happened. A flicker of blue stuff against brown clouds. He pushed himself forward and the wind came again, stronger now, cuffing the forest heads until they ducked and roared. Simon saw a humped thing suddenly sit up on top of the mountain and look down at him. He hid his face and toiled on. The flies had found the figure, too. The lifelike movement would scare them off for a moment, so they made a dark cloud around the head. And then as the blue material of the parachute collapsed, the corpulent figure would bow forward, sighing, and the flies 
settle once more. Simon felt his knees smack the rock. He crawled forward and soon he understood. The tangle of lines showed him the mechanics of this parody. He examined the white nasal bones, the teeth, the colors of corruption. He saw how pitilessly the layers of rubber and canvas held together the poor body that should be rotting away. And then the wind blew again and the figure lifted, bowed, and breathed foully at him. Simon knelt on all fours and was sick till his stomach was empty. Then he took the lines in his hands, he freed them from the rocks, and the figure from the winds in dignity. At last he turned away and looked down the beach. The fire by the platform appeared to be out, or at least making no smoke. Further along the beach, beyond the little river, near a great slab of rock, a thin trickle of smoke was climbing toward the sky. Simon, forgetful of the flies, shaded his eyes with both hands and peered at the smoke. Even at that distance, it was possible to see that most of the boys, perhaps all the boys, were there. So they'd shifted camp then, away from the beast. As Simon thought this, he turned to the poor broken thing that sat stinking by his side. The beast was harmless, horrible, and the news must reach the others as soon as possible. He stared down the mountain and his legs gave beneath him. Even with great care, the best he could do was a stagger. Bathing, said Ralph. That's the only thing to do. Piggy was inspecting the looming sky through his glass and said, <coughs> I don't like them clouds. Remember how it rained just after we landed? Going to rain again. Ralph dived into the pool, a couple of little ones playing at the edge, trying to extract comfort from a wetness warmer than blood. Piggy took off his glasses, stepped primly into the water, and then put them on again. Ralph came to the surface and squirted a jet of water at him. Mind my specks, said Piggy. If I get water on the glass, I gotta get out and clean them. Ralph squirted again and missed. He laughed at Piggy, expecting him to merely retire as usual in pained silence. Instead, Piggy beat the water with his hands. Stop it, he shouted. You hear? Furiously, he drove the water into Ralph's face. All right, all right, said Ralph. Keep your hair on. Piggy stopped beating the water. I got a pain in my head. I wish the air was cooler. I wish the rain would come. I wish we could go home. Piggy lay back against the sloping sand on the side of the pool. His stomach protruded and the water dried on it. Ralph squinted up at the sky. One could guess the movement of the sun by the progress of a light patch among the clouds. He knelt in the water, looked round. Where's everybody? Piggy sat up. Perhaps they're lying in the shelter. Where's Samarik and Bill? 
Piggy pointed beyond the platform. That's where they've gone. Jack's party. Let them go, said Ralph, uneasy. I, I don't care. Just for some meat and for hunting, said Ralph wisely, and for pretending to be a tribe, putting on war paint. Well, Piggy stirred the sand underwater and did not look at Ralph. Perhaps we ought to go, too. Ralph looked at him quickly. Piggy blushed. I mean, to make sure nothing happens. Ralph squirted water again. And that sounds like a good place to break it off for tonight. We will continue tomorrow morning on our show at the end segment with Lord of the Flies. It's really a cool book. I confess I had not read this as a kid. I know I should have as a teenager, but I, I never did. And so I'm discovering it with you, and I'm, I'm loving it. Great, great book. All right, thanks so much for popping by. Thank you. Don't forget to follow. Join us on Locals. And, uh, yeah, we will see you again here tomorrow. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Enjoy your day. 